Hello, everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner. I have my favorite guest back on the show with me. Most favorite in the world. Most favorite in the world, my beloved Stephanos in the cosmos. I love when you say cosmos. It sounds so (laughs) cosmetic. Um, I made it up. And we are going to be talking about how to get your man into growth or attract a man who values growth. And the reason that I wanted to do this topic and bring Stephanos on is it's one of the most common questions I get asked by women. They say, Christine, I'm doing all this work. My husband isn't into it. How do I get him to go to therapy with me or be into personal growth? Or I'm dating this new guy and I don't think he values personal development or spirituality. Do I tell him about my practice? Or I really want to attract a man who's into growth and into personal development, but I want to be masculine too. How do I attract that guy? And the questions go on and on and on. So (laughs) we're going to dive into them as much as we possibly can. You know what I was thinking when actually Mm. when I was washing the dishes and preparing for this is just, I think this is the fourth time you've been on with me, right? Fourth or fifth. Well, whatever fourth, it is. Yeah, but I had you on my podcast like a week after we were together. Like, uh, was it that much? Yeah, we were no. in Estonia. We were in Estonia. For, yeah. I thought we were in London. No, we were in Estonia. We were, you always yeah. think we're in London, but I we're know, in Estonia. I like I wow. just, wow, that was a big risk. I still can't believe I did that. Oh, look at me now. I know. Look at <laughs> multiple, you now. Multiple, multiple episodes. Multiple <laughs> <laughs> All right. So back to the topic. We're going to talk to both the committed and single ladies who are doing the personal growth work on today's episode. So for those of you ladies already in a relationship with a man, be it someone you're dating, a long-term partner, or your husband, we'll be sharing ways to enroll him and getting on the growth path. And for those single ladies, we'll be sharing with you ways to call in a man who's committed to doing the work. Now, the guidance we're going to give is not just necessarily for heterosexual relationships. Even in same-sex relationships, there's often one person on the path and another who isn't. Since we are a man and a woman, obviously our advice will come from our experience. However, I do think you can apply it to any gender. We're also going to give you some tips for personal growth practices and exercises that you can do to bring yourself even closer and really enjoy Mm. the growth together, answer some questions that I got, and address another question I get very frequently, which is how do you know if you should leave a relationship if the other person just is not doing the work mm. and it's not on the path? Tough question. So whew, glad we had a good dinner. We got a lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to say something on growth. And I think the reason why this is so important as a subject matter is because for me or for us, and I think I can speak for you here, growth is almost everything. In everything. Okay? It's the reason why I'm excited about, well, firstly, I'm just excited about being here with Christine and doing this and any opportunity I get, we get to teach together, I get very excited uh, and just and just communicate and express and just have fun. Mm-hmm. But growth is, is it's everything. I, I think it's a directive of being human. Yeah. Without growth and expansion, what do we have? And so if one person, if your beloved isn't, enrolled in growth, that can be a, a massive pain point. Ooh, it was a massive pain point for me in mm. past relationships. And we'll, we'll, we'll get to that when we talk about what not to do because I royally did it wrong <laughs> in, my, in my marriage that with my ex-husband when I got married when I was 27. But I would love for us to define what we mean by personal growth or doing the work you kind of just did. Let's Mm. elaborate that on a little more because it can look different for different people. Like I know a lot of relationships where, you know, the woman was really into growth and into the workshops and had a lot of teachers 
And her partner, he just did it in a different way. He was more self-reflective. He didn't seek external teachers or anything like that. Mm. And she judged him for so long and she wanted him to do it her way. And she wasn't seeing that he actually was into growth just in his own way. So he was, would you say he was introspective? Yeah. Would you say he was into stillness and expansion within within his own self? Yeah. And they just weren't speaking the same language. And once they were able to really learn each other's approach to growth, then they could grow together. The beauty of that is what I'm hearing is that she had a feminine spiritual body and Mm -hmm. he had a masculine spiritual body Mm -hmm. in terms of spiritual growth. Right. Connectedness in in, in growth. And so when we understand that, we can reconcile and we can just see that, hey, we're both actually interested in expanding ourselves and the relationship. We're just doing it in different ways. There's nothing wrong with that as long as it resonates with each other. Yeah. And like you said, we're always growing. It's, you know, to me, doing the work is we're growing consciously. What did I say the other day? I did that. Uh, Growth is optional, change is inevitable. Right. So growth yeah. isn't, I mean, growth is always occurring, but it, how we choose to interact with it is optional. Right. And and so sometimes we can ignore it because we get too busy, jobs are too important, our, our kids are taking up our time, uh, we're too disorientated because we're too tired from yeah. our lives. And so growth then doesn't become something that is prioritised. Well, and growth can be hard. You know, we yeah. some of the biggest yeah. growths in our relationship came from <laughs> screaming at each other and terrible oh, fights. I wouldn't say scream. We I would always be like, you're yelling. And you're like, I'm not yelling. <laughs> I'm like, um, that sounds like yelling I to me. Yelling. <laughs> we came together so fast, you guys. You never, we definitely had scream. some bumps. I, uh, I don't you know. No, you don't. You didn't and you don't. Well, I think no. I speak loudly no, sometimes. I, I, I cry more than I yell. <laughs> <laughs> but I let I think that we need to go back and define something because yeah. I think this also gives a good picture of growth. What does a masculine spiritual body and a feminine spiritual body mean? So as 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 one of my teachers, or I like to claim as one of my teachers now moving forward, that's for sure, uh, John Wineland said we were speaking to the various spiritual bodies. And, you know, depending on what um, tradition you follow, there are various bodies within the human person. Mm-hmm. And so when we were speaking to the spiritual body, he was saying that expansion, the infinite, um, I'm going to add some things. Yeah, yeah. Silence, stillness, that that yearning to be deep into the expansive state, into the infinite. If you're attracted and magnetized to that, you have a masculine spiritual body. Now, women can have that as yeah. well. Yeah, and, and so that would, would that include like studying ancient texts and going into a cave and meditating for a long time, and yeah, those and even kind of le- yes, and even less of the study, but more wanting to be immersed and engulfed in the stillness and the expansion. Okay, and a feminine spiritual body would include, as an example, chanting, mm-hmm. hymns, choir, ecstatic dance, and that spirituality, yeah, yeah, flow, that spirituality is derived um, from those areas and that would Mm -hmm. be considered a more feminine spiritual Mm -hmm. body. And you said you, which one do you have? I'm masculine in that in that, in that, that way. Area. In my emotional body, I'm probably more feminine. A combination of masculine, but more more feminine. If I had to, if I had to choose one for me, yeah. it would be more feminine in my emotional body. And it doesn't make me a less of a masculine man. It, it means that I relate to the world emotionally from a feminine body or feminine perspective. And mm-hmm. an example of that is, again, if you come from a masculine emotional body. You would be if someone's venting or expressing or emoting internally. You're like, oh, when is this going to be over? I can't handle this. Mm-hmm. This is too much. Whereas a feminine 
energy body would be highly empathetic, compassionate, loves love, is really engulfed in the emotion, uh, or at least can can receive it. Oh, babe, we're going to have to do another podcast on masculinity <laughs> and femininity because now we're going down a tangent. That, okay, sorry, sorry. We will get back. So send us your questions on masculinity and femininity. Five, five time, five time guests. <laughs> yes, five time guests. Um, we'll make that your fifth. So we'll, we'll come back to that because I want to keep us on, yeah, on what track. we're talking yeah. about today. So let's dive into how you get the man you're currently in relationship with to change. Ha, <laughs> just kidding. You can't get anyone to change. <laughs> How do you get them to be excited about growth? Yeah. So I'll share an example of what not to do from, from my last marriage, which seems like a lifetime ago. So when we got married, I was like 27, 28 years old. I was really at the beginning of my personal growth work. And I really thought I knew it all. <laughs> and and then I got off antidepressants and I really opened up more and some of the awareness shifted into integration. But my method was I would just point out all the things he needed to change, like all his limiting beliefs, all his unhealed wounds. I'd go to grad school or a workshop and I'd come home <laughs> and I'd preach all this stuff to him <laughs> and just be like, oh, you really need to do this. Da, da, da. And then the next day I'd like snap at him. <laughs> or I'd be judgy at him. And I was completely incongruent because I'm like, oh my God, like USM is so spiritual and like I'm so loved in my heart. And then the next day I'd be like, are you gonna wear that? <laughs> like it, it was terrible. And and I drag him to workshops. I'd be like, you, we're gonna go to this workshop. I I drag him. And I just always was, yeah, I just, I just did not handle it. And I emasculated him. You essentially were a menace. I was a menace. Yes, I, was, I did not do it right. But luckily I learned. So that's that really brings us to the first thing of not to do. Don't nag, judge, and point out all the things he's doing wrong, you know, and all his issues. Like don't point out to him, oh, well, you're just having trouble with that guy at work because of your unresolved father issues. Oh, my God. No, don't say that. What, is that, what does that do to a man? When you, uh, it, it, in short, it's emasculating. But what it is is it's it's debilitating for a man to hear that the person that he's with and that he loves so deeply thinks so little of his ability to handle a difficult situation mm-hmm. or a challenging situation. I mean, mm-hmm. men in general, from an evolutionary perspective, from a physiological, biological perspective. We thrive on being able to deal with challenge and difficulty. We don't really define whether it's emotional, psychological, relational or physical. Challenge is challenge to us and we we thrive on overcoming challenge. It's a big thing. I mean, it means the world to us. When we have our woman that is meant to, in our minds, for most men, is meant to support us, is meant to love us, is meant to see us for who we are, we all have the the fantasy Mm -hmm. of that at least anyway, and we we think that we're showing up in a way that generally would would merit um, receiving that. But when we receive that from a woman, it's it's heartbreaking. It, It really, it's... It breaks us down and it breaks our spirit. And so what most men will do, and I've fluctuated through this in my life, will either be massively passive and withdraw Mm -hmm. or get super frustrated, super offended, become abrasive and – and almost just fight back. Yeah, and, and it's not going to make him want to do the work. That is Definitely for not. sure because you're not you're not selling it, ladies. No. And that brings me to the next thing, which is don't listen to this podcast and go to like all these personal <laughs> development events and have the books and do your meditation in the morning and have your crystals by your bed, but not walk the talk. 
Yeah. You know, like the example of me coming home from the weekend and being spiritually arrogant and then the next day, quite frankly, being a bit of a bitch and not being patient and not being <clears throat> loving, not just with him, but in my life. So it, if you want to enroll your man into the work, you've got to show that the work is actually shifting you. You know, when I coach men, when I hear them say, you know, my wife's been going to yoga and she's so much more calm. I might go with her. It might help me. When they say, oh, my wife's been trying to drag me to yoga for, you know, four years now, you hear the tone, right? But if they see the differences in you, they're far more likely to become curious. Yeah, completely agree. And that becomes inspiring as opposed to something being pushed upon mm-hmm. us. We witness that. We think, wow, uh, my partner, my beloved, my wife is, is I'm seeing these amazing changes in mm-hmm. her. Oh, I'm curious as where that's coming from and I wonder if that may benefit yeah. me. But, you know, for that to really happen, the man needs to have an interest in his own growth as well. Well, we can come back to that later. Though. Yeah, yeah. Or at least a curious, at least, a, at least an interest in being more calm, you know? Sure. Like yeah. a yeah, lot it doesn't of, even have to be growth. Yeah. Just an interest in something that he thinks even would benefit him. Right. In some capacity or benefit the relationship or his peer groups or his job or mm-hmm. his mission or whatever it may mm-hmm. be, all of the above and more. Okay, here's another example of what not to do. Tagging them in all the videos or Instagram stories or posts that you want them to watch. Like, for example, let's say you're really on your man about, oh, you need to be more vulnerable. You need to express your feelings. And you see, I don't know, let's say you see Stephanos put up an Insta story (laughs) or a post about how men need to be emotionally expressive and vulnerable. And then you tag your guy and say, you should watch this. Well, first you tag him publicly, which is, can Mm. be humiliating, right? And second, you, you, you give the second. Well, the thing is, if you're, if you're tagging him in something in a passive aggressive way, in other words, you've had an argument and mm-hmm. the next day you tag him in something that you've had that argument about. Yes, publicly is, is obviously. Or not just good. something you've nagged him about. Or a you've lot nagged or... him about, or that is a pain point in your relationship. Right. He's not going to even receive it. Yeah. He's going to be upset that you've done that. He'd rather prefer you speak to him about it, or depending on what type of man he is, he would rather just ignore the issue full stop. Mm-hmm. And again, that's another conversation. But doing it in that way is just putting up barriers. Uh. Yeah. I mean, no. Like, Steph will tag me in billionaire mansions and I'll tag him and like (laughs) funny animal things, but I would never tag him on something. On a sticking point. On a sticking point or if I wanted him to change in something, like, I would never do that. Pushing the info on them, like shoving books in front of their face or, you know, making them sit down and watch something, dragging them to personal growth events, like none of this works. Nor does withholding sex as a barter, you know, like as a, if you come to this personal development event with me, well, then you'll be rewarded afterwards. Like don't start bartering your intimacy with trying to get him to do the work because that will backfire too. Mm. I'm just going to back a couple of pushing yeah. the info on them yeah. and, and, and a book or something. I mean, I, I want to say there's nothing wrong with buying your partner a book if it resonates with you and it may resonate with them, it depends on a couple of things. What are your circumstances and what is your come from? Mm-hmm. If your come from is to 
push it on him because you're getting frustrated, then that's not really healthy. If the circumstances are that you're consistently arguing and then you're giving him gifts that are inferring that he needs to do more and he's not doing enough, well, that's not healthy. If you're in a healthy, connected space and you're communicating openly and you buy him a book as a gift because maybe he mentioned something that he was interested in, that's a different story as well. So I don't want to deter you from not buying a gift that involves personal growth for your partner. And personal growth can also involve getting a massage, mm-hmm. literally. I mean, you may, you may buy your partner a, a two months or three months worth of massages somewhere to help relax. I love the way he says massage. Massage. <laughs> Wait, how do you say it again? Massage. Massage. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Massage. I won't change, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Massage. Um, that, that could open him up, create space within him, and then he'll be more open to new ideas, etc. Just wanted to go on a very slight tangent, but I think it's an important yeah, point Yeah, well, we'll talk more about that in the what to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the last thing on what not to do is the being passive-aggressive. And we've alluded to this, but let me just give you an example. So let's just say that this, I'm just making this up because this doesn't happen. Let's just say that like at the end of the day, Stefano is, is always like distracted and not listening to me. And like, I can tell he still has work on his brain and he talks to me in bullet points and I'm annoyed and I want more communication. <laughs> I want more intimacy. So being passive aggressive in terms of communicating that would be like, Oh, so I talked to my friend Susan, and you know what? Every night when Jeff gets home from work, he sits and he listens to her, and they share about their day, and they have a glass of wine together, and he's so attentive. I just thought that was so nice. I was so happy for Susan. What's his name, Jeff? Yeah. I'd say, fuck Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Or uh, that's the more aggressive masculine way, or uh, your your partner will go, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. That might be nice for Susan or whatever. They'll probably pass aggressive back. They'll yeah. or they'll just be just passive or they'll react. Yeah. So it just it's it just doesn't work. Okay, so I think we're clear on what not to do. Let's go to I don't know what the hand gesture was. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> it was like a timeout <laughs> sign. I don't know why I did that. We should have video. No, not no, we shouldn't because I'm washing my hair in three days. Okay, so what to do? First and foremost, do your own work. Like really do your own work so that you actually walk the talk. It's been very easy for me to invite Stephanos into things. Or, you know, I can think of an example of I worked with um, Heike and Jonathan. I had Heike on the show like earlier this year and I did some deep somatic work with them. And when we were in Europe, I really shared about the work and I shared vulnerably and I shared what it shifted in me. And Stephanos could feel it and experience it from me. And so the longer we were together, he's like, you know what? I'm kind of curious about them. I think, I think I'm going to do some work with them too. And I will admit, I was hoping that he would, but I didn't share about my experience with that intention. I shared because it was important work for me and I embodied the work. So the more you do the work and walk the talk and your partner sees the shift in you, the more they're going to be curious about what shifts could be available for them. And I'm just going to take a moment to brag about my queen mm. because when I when I said, you know, I really like to do the work with them, I think it's one of the final pieces of my own puzzle, she was really ecstatic and she gifted me that, that mm-hmm. whole that whole journey. Mm. And, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd recently met, of course, and it was just such a beautiful gift. It was a tough gift for a period of time. <laughs> <laughs> But it was such a beautiful gift and honestly I think that has 
propelled us and accelerated sure. us massively. For sure. That but, was just such a beautiful opportunity. But it was his idea and I had to release any attachment to him doing it. But again, mm. one, he came into the relationship already having a growth mindset. We'll talk about how to draw someone in who has that. But two, like he saw me really embodying everything I said I had learned from them. Mm. So that's, that's going to be the best thing to do is you've got to start showing up differently. And I think this is where a lot of women get frustrated because they think they show up differently just for a little while or they yeah. start to share awareness or start to share some things they learn. But the man really isn't feeling that difference in the dynamic. Mm. A lot of times what I see happens for women in relationships is they get on this personal personal growth path. They start feeling connected, to, especially if they're doing workshops. Uh, they start feeling connected to other people in the workshops. And instead of coming home and using those tools to feel more connected to their spouse, yeah. they actually feel more distant and start judging and start going into fear and start thinking, oh, this person is so far off of growth. And they start bonding more to their spiritual community yeah. and yeah. not really, yeah, and not really... Um, put that energy into the relationship. And, you know, often we're lucky that we both came in with a growth mindset. It isn't the case in all relationships. And especially for those of you who've been with someone for a long time, often two people don't wake up at the same time. Often one person, very often in this day and age, it's the woman, starts doing the work, gets into therapy, gets into spiritual development. And I remember one of my teachers saying to me, whoever has more consciousness, not, not in a better than way, but whoever has more awareness has more responsibility in the relationship. And I believe that. And if you are the person kind of leading in that way, you've got to stop making your partner wrong for not being where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. Mm. Mm. You want to talk about knowing yeah, your why? Yeah. I just think it's very simple. It's, it's important to know your why. Know why you're you're pursuing or wishing to embody growth. Because if you know your why, it makes it easier for others, especially your beloved, to really see that within you and to be inspired by that. Because if you know your why, whatever you're pursuing, you're pursuing with tenacity and great reverence and it just becomes more palatable mm -hmm. and more accessible to your partner. And so, I mean, it's like anything. It's not just growth work. It's anything that you're involved in. You, you hear it all the time. Know your why. Mm -hmm. Know what is driving you or inspiring you or pulling you. And also you'll just fall into greater alignment with whatever the growth is because there's so many expressions of growth or PD work, personal growth, personal transformation, personal development work in the world. Yeah. And what were you going to say about being aligned with values? Oh, so it's it's so important that if you're communicating something that's important to you, to your partner, husband, boyfriend, what, uh, girlfriend, whatever it is, that you speak their language, you speak their, their values language, you speak their love language, you speak their cultural language, you speak their language, mm -hmm. speak in terms that they re communicate in terms that they understand. So what you're doing is you're enhancing the probability of them uptaking and really aligning with what you're expressing and what's important to you. And speak as well in that, speak in 
I terms of mm-hmm. this, it does this for me. Yeah. It, it, it fills me up in this way. Yeah. I experience joy when I go to this type of event. I feel freer. I, I feel more content. I feel more connected. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking your own experience, that's important too. Yeah. And I think it's also speaking his language. Um, and I'm not saying diminish your sharing, but I, I can think of like going home to my ex-husband and being like, oh my God, we did this meditation and I totally felt my heart chakra like completely Chakra. open and Chakra. like I felt she's trying to tell the story. <laughs> and and you know, I I felt like I was clearing past life karma and you know the spirit was so present and you know they ha- whatever. Notice how I'm like talking about karma and, and chakras and chakras. He, he didn't those weren't his languages, you know, <laughs> but but if if I had communicated, I had this really powerful experience where I felt really, really present and really, really calm. And I'm noticing that the work that I'm doing is helping me get out of my head and more into my intuition. And I just, I just feel such a sense of relief. Mm. Those are words he can understand. Calm, relief, freedom. Exactly. Exactly. So yes, this takes a little extra finessing, but it's so worth it. It's so worth it. You're still speaking your truth. Yeah, still speaking your truth. You're just – because the other thing I notice is that women will also – when we do this, not just women, men, people in general, sometimes we set the people we love the most up to fail. Mm. We really do. It's like, let me go in and use all these words and see if he gets it. He he doesn't get it. See? He doesn't get it. Well, (laughs) lady, you didn't speak his language. You set him up to fail. Like, set your partner up to win. You're super cute right now. (laughs) This is true. It is. Fingers are pointing everywhere. You're super cute. <laughs> I oh laugh. It's my so God. Cute. <laughs> you made me lose my train of thought. Uh, this is how Steph gets me in my feminine. He <laughs> just looks at me. He's like, you're super cute. I'll pick up. I'll pick up. Where you want to pick up? Yeah, pick up. I don't know. I got lost because in your, in your cuteness. So. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're disgusting people. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> All right. So, Commun- oh, community this one. Yeah. So. Communicating honestly and vulnerably is so important because I know most people think that men don't feel, but we really do. Mm-hmm. And we may not be as intuitive as um, the female brain in certain areas of life. But certain we do. Areas? Yeah, certain, yeah, certain areas. <laughs> All areas. I'm just, I'm just trying to be diplomatic here. <laughs> Certain areas, stop emasculating me. (laughs) So definitely certain areas. And depending on on one's upbringing, but we feel and we pick pick up. It's just that we we suppress or we ignore it. We do a very good job of suppressing and ignoring, ignoring it because we haven't been taught efficiently how to deal with that. But when, when, when someone that we care about is communicating honestly and from a place of love and, and really sharing vulnerably, unless that man has a pathology or has had a really, really bad day or is just completely disconnected from being in relationship and is hyper selfish and is self-absorbed and has uh, elements of um, NPD, narcissistic personality mm-hmm. disorder, which you don't want to be with that type or of person an anyway. Or, yeah. yeah. Then the chances are he's really going to hear and feel your vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And it's not about it's not about um, pretending to to – be something that you're not mm-hmm. is being you and being honest, but come from a place of heart. I mean, yeah. there's nothing more when you come to me with compassion and non-judgment. I 
I melt. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I am present to you. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I feel you. I am so appreciative of that. Mm-hmm. And, and you'll find that many men that care about themselves and they care about their, their partners, they, they want that as yeah. well and they'll feel that. I'll tell a story from a client. I think this is a great example of communicating honestly and vulnerably. We're, we're definitely not saying don't express your needs. We're, you know, we're saying walk the talk, don't be all that stuff. But you can also just directly ask mm. for what you need. So yeah. the example of my client, she was in a situation where, very common, she was doing the work, she was seeing me, she was going to personal development events, and her husband was a businessman and just not into any of it. And she just would complain. I just want him to do it. I can't get him to do it. I put these books in front of him. I invite him to things. He's just not interested. Da, 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 da. And I said, I really hear you're frustrated and you're a little angry, but what's underneath that? And she said, I'm scared. And I said, you're scared. She's like, actually, no, I'm terrified. I'm like, what are you terrified of? She's like, I'm terrified. I'm going to lose him. I'm terrified. I'm going to keep growing and we're going to grow apart and we're not going to be there for our kids and I'm going to miss out on creating this life that we talked about, you know, when we got married Mm. and she had tears. And I said, I said, go to him with those tears in your eyes and say exactly that. Don't say it when he walks in the door from work, (laughs) you know, don't say it when he's like, yeah, pick your timing, pick a time when you're feeling connected. Yeah. Pick a time when you're laying in bed on a Sunday morning and just say, you know, babe, darling, honey, whatever you call him, there's something that I'm really scared of that I want to talk to you about. Are you, can you listen and just share so vulnerably and honestly, and let your emotion come forward because men really respond to that vulnerability and women, that's not weakness. That's really being in our feminine and being in our heart. And it's such a different energy than nagging because when we nag and we judge and we come from spiritual Mm. arrogance or personal development, arrogance, Mm. One, we're in more masculine energy, and two, the man, either consciously or unconsciously, starts to feel not enough. <clears throat> yeah. And feeling not enough is not very enrolling. <laughs> Definitely not enrolling. Mm-mm. Yeah. Any other big tips on what to do? Uh, sharing sharing from your personal experience mm-hmm. and using our language mm-hmm. i think is very important because it's less projecting mm-hmm. and more hey this is my personal experience what are your thoughts on that or how do you resonate with that mm-hmm. uh, i think that's that's in that's important as well yeah yeah, yeah. And, and come from that place come from that place and and invitations without expectations invitations yeah. of not you should, and we need to do this, and our marriage is effed, and we got it. Blah, blah, blah. But hey, I heard about this awesome workshop. What are this Christine's retreat in Hawaii, and she's inviting couples for the first time. It's in Maui. You know how much I love her. Like, want to look at the website? Would you be interested in going? We could do a couple extra days, have a little, little like honeymoon there. Yeah. Or oh man, you know, Brene Brown just released this Netflix special. I really want to watch it. Would you? Watch it with me and can I get your opinion about it? I'd really love yeah. to get your opinion about it. The come from is so different in that language. So different. And also just from a, is a little, little bit of insight, the masculine wants to feel that he carries utility mm-hmm. and value in what he does. So if you're asking for your man's opinion or his perspective, he's going to puff out his chest, I'll give my perspective. <laughs> 
yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know what I think. Yeah. I'll let you know if this is good. And yeah. so and so that's useful too. And that really appeals to the masculine uh, aspect of, of the, the male mm. brain as well. And I want to say something about that because this is where a lot of women get shut down because mm. they say, hey, we watched this Brene Brown special or whatever sure. it is with me. And the man may watch it and one, he might be like, yeah, it's fine. And then she feels heartbroken <laughs> or he might criticize it and be like, what kind of doctor is she? Like, where'd she get this research? It's not a very big sample. Da, 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 da. Sample size is too yeah, small. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're like, what do you mean? 10,000 people is plenty. It's like, <laughs> no, it's not scientific methods. <laughs> right. Because one, he's, he's trying to protect himself and you. So I see yeah. this a lot with men is they see their women getting into personal development, spiritual stuff. And they're like, is this a cult? Is she getting brainwashed? Am mm. I going to lose her? Yeah. And those are harder Fear. things sometimes for men to say. So just know if you if you get dismissed or if you get shut down, don't give up. And maybe even say, I really hear you. You're entitled to your opinion. I ought to be honest. It, it hurts a little bit when you criticize something that's important to me. Um, but let's keep talking about it. Yeah, but I think patience again. When you meet a man with compassion and non-judgment and you repeatedly can do that, there's a lot of power in that. Yeah. And that it really can change the inner heartscape of a man. Yeah. yeah. And you, you, patience is everything. I think what to do, part of it is patience. And now you may ask, well, how long do I be patient for? And the reality to to that is only you can answer that question. Mm-hmm. You really got No one's going to be able yeah. to help you too much with that question. It, there are so many variables that influence that response. And patience and persistence is really powerful mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so useful because sometimes as people, whether you're a man or a woman or any gender that you associate with, it takes us some time to learn something new, especially if it's a little bit scary and we don't mm-hmm. want to admit that it's scary. Then it's even double time on that. Yeah. And so, it, 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 yeah, it takes time. Be patient, be persistent and be persistent, sorry, and and you will see Notice the subtleties yeah. in in the way that he responds and is behaving to mm-hmm. what you're what you're giving, what yeah. you're providing. Yeah, and and if you do bring him to an event, try to bring him to an event where there are other men there, so he's not the only man in the room. You know, yeah. Be a little strategic with yeah. what you invite him to, and start again. Start uh, with nothing too extreme or intense, yeah. because there will be aversion towards that. Yeah, clearly. So you you started to talk about this, like how do you know when you just got to go and when you're going down one path and mm. your partner isn't? And I think you, mm. it's accurate to say we don't have a black and white answer for that because it's so dependent on so many, so many. factors. But I think the bottom line comes down to if you're with someone who is, you know, completely, if it's, if it's toxic, if it's unsafe, if you're emotionally or physically being abused or neglected in any way, out. Well, out. out yeah. But if you're, you're with someone who just is a little slower, can you be patient? But mm. if you're with someone who just has chosen stagnation, who just is not at all interested, mm. who just wants to rinse and repeat and come home and watch TV mm. and have dinner and have sex once a month and like, that's it. Like you have to decide, is that enough for you? And you have to be willing to, you know, take the risk and and take the leap of 
either growing on your own in the relationship and just know you're going to grow apart or make that often very self-honoring choice to leave. I'm going to say something that may be perceived as uh, a little bit um, risque here. Well, you, uh, you are perceived as risque <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> um, maybe a little bit out there. And I want to say that firstly speak your truth. And you may you may reach a point where you really still want to be in the relationship mm-hmm. and it's not good for your health being in there the way things are. And so you have to come to that relationship or to that conversation with a great deal of truth. This is how I feel and if it really doesn't change, I can't be here yeah. anymore. Now, that sounds like an ultimatum and, yes, it is, but there's no manipulation behind the ultimatum. Mm-hmm. There's no, oh, I'm, 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 I'm going to do this. It's, you're not playing poker here. This isn't a card game. Mm-hmm. You're sincerely prepared for him not to do the work. Uh, and say, you know what, I'm not changing. And then you may have to be prepared to leave if your values are non-negotiable yeah. in that space. But the second part to that is that when you come with that, that we'll call it an honest ultimatum, mm-hmm. and an ultimatum that's in integrity, mm-hmm. that may be what's required for him to go, wow, I'm actually facing losing mm-hmm. something that is so important to me. I actually need to make some changes. Now, at the beginning... He may say, yep, okay, I'm, I'm going to be on board with his personal growth and it may be a struggle. And he may get to a point three months, six months, ten months in that it doesn't serve him and you have to go your separate ways. Or he gets in and he starts leading, he's fully involved, he feels it, he's he's experiencing massive transformation himself and he's really grateful for that. Yeah. That's We've seen a lot of men do that. Absolutely. We actually have. And I've also seen a lot of relationships where either the man or the woman is completely fulfilled in their spiritual and personal development within themselves and in their spiritual community yeah. and really accepts their partner for who they are. Yep. And they golf together or they travel together and he's not the one that she's meditating with. I can give you an example of this. Yeah. A, a real life example. So I have a, um, a yoga teacher in Indonesia and he's really, he's super cool. And this guy, he's intense with his spiritual practice. I'm talking anywhere from five to seven hours of spiritual practice a day. Maybe call it four. Four to seven hours of spiritual practice a day plus working on top of that as a yogi, as a yoga teacher and um, he writes, he blogs and so forth. Now his wife that he just got married to, um, she's in corporate not corporate America, but the equivalent of corporate Indonesia, mm-hmm. I suppose. She smokes cigarettes. Wow. She drinks alcohol. She they're, they're just appearance-wise, they're total opposites. And I asked him about this and he said, it works. Yeah. I just really, there's just something there's there. There's something and there. And he doesn't accept, accept her. No, I mm-hmm. accept her for who she is mm-hmm. and she accepts me. And he's, for lack of a better term, he's highly spiritual, so he's very mindful mm-hmm. around what he eats um, toxins and things that he puts into his body. He's, he's devoted to his practice, and it's not just yoga; it's meditation, mm-hmm. it's scriptures, it's, and it's it's. I'm fascinated by that. Yeah, and it can work. It totally can. The key is you accept your partner for who yeah. they are. Yeah, you don't want to be in a relationship where you're constantly mm. wanting someone to change. Yeah, that is exhausting. Yeah, 
and it doesn't really work for either person. No. On a side note as well, he shares in his when he's in his, some of his storytelling around the levels of self-acceptance that he had to go through in his mm. own life. And so I wonder why. I know. Uh, well, I, I feel I know at least that him coming to deep levels of self acceptance for himself, he's able to then mm-hmm. be that in the world for yeah. others as well and see it in the in, in others. Yeah. Well, often that's why we're overly invested in getting yeah. someone else to change, is because we're not happy with ourselves. And yeah. I can totally say that in my first marriage, I I wasn't at a place where I was really integrated, and I wasn't at a place where I was really happy with mm-hmm. myself. And so it was easy for me to point Project. the finger yeah. at him. Okay. So that was a lot. That was a lot. And we want to talk about two more things, two quick things. So how to attract a man who's into growth? Well, we talked a lot about this in the last podcast episode we did about calling an unconscious relationship. So go back and listen to that one. But I think this one is easy for us here. Basically, you do the work yourself. (laughs) I mean, how that was one of the questions I got from those of you. I I posted in Insta stories we were going to be doing this podcast. If you don't follow me on Instagram, I'm Christine Hassler. He's Stefan Estefandos. I say his Greek name with a Texas accent. It's very interesting. (laughs) Uh, But I, I got some questions, and one of the most common questions I got was, "How did I manifest Stefanos?" And most of you know that story. But the the bottom line is. I was completely committed to doing the work and finding a man who was doing the work was a non-negotiable for me. You had clarity on that and you weren't attached to, not that you weren't attached to that value or that or that non-negotiable, but you weren't attached to um, the manifestation or the creation. Of well, I wasn't attached to, to the yeah. timing, right? Yeah. I had to yeah. release the timing. Yeah. I had to release what it was exactly going to look like, yeah. you know? Um, but I, I had to say no to... You know, there are a couple people that could have been good enough. And mm. I'm like, ooh, I'm in my old pattern of hoping this guy's going to change and hoping that he's going to see me doing the work and get excited about it. And <laughs> it just never worked. So I really mm. had to hold strong in my value of I want a man who's doing the work, who's open to doing the work, who values the work. Now, I'm super lucky, and I acknowledge this about you, babe, is you are super advanced. Like, <laughs> you were just open to doing the work. You came in already having done some of the hardest work of your life. And so you were more than just open. You were really integrated. Um, And again, like I I had to. So really that's how you do it. You, you do your own work and you, you stand clear in that and you don't talk yourself into people that, you know, aren't doing it and hoping that, you know, if you Mm. leave enough Wayne Dyer books laying around, they're just going to all of a sudden, Boom. Oh, I miss Wayne Dyer. I know. Yeah. I know. Good. In short on that, like attracts like mm-hmm. at some level, one of the universal principles. Yeah. yeah. Like attracts like. So be that like and you'll attract like. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And go back and listen to the last podcast episode we did if you want more conscious dating tips. Mm. Okay. This was another question we got. A woman wrote in that she was super excited that she and her boyfriend did a meditation together. Mm. That was a big step for her. Mm. What other practices can couples do together that help them stay growth-oriented and help them mm. grow together? I want to start off with a very simple one, is if you live near nature, which I think everyone does at some level, even if you're in New York City, there's um, – what's the big park there? Central Park. Central Park. I should know that. Um, I have been there. Go for a walk in nature. Mm-hmm. Go for a walk on the beach. Go into the mountains or the hills. 
be with each other and just be in nature. There's something deeply expansive about mm-hmm. that. And expansion is associated with growth. Mm-hmm. Expansion is associated, there's a freedom with that. And so there's an openness that comes with being in nature and an openness to new things as well. Mm-hmm. We feel so connected. We feel happy. We have the happy hormones going through mm-hmm. our bodies. We're connected with our beloved. We're in nature. We're feeling fresh. We're breathing fresh air. It just feels better. Yeah. If we do that regularly, you know, that's something that we can do together, and that is a form of personal growth, Absolutely. connecting to nature. I mean, the tribal people of past have been doing it for thousands of years. Shamanic rituals and practices mm-hmm. have been all about connecting to uh, to nature, earth, and cosmic energy. So there's a lot there's a lot of value in that as a, as a starting point. I love that. I love our walks on the beach, our walks in nature of without course. our phones. Yeah. No, another thing is is going to events together. And yeah. I was just at this is a great example. I was just at Paleo FX a couple of weeks ago such a growth-minded crowd and also so masculine. So Mm, find events. And there are lots of talks there, everything from personal development to biohacking, everything. So health, wellness. Health, wellness. Yeah, often that's like a great doorway for men into personal development is health and wellness. So like find... Something cool. Yeah, the, the physical, physical is level. very good, yeah. It, if something's too esoteric or immaterial, uh, not this is just enough for men but for most people, it can be too convoluted, confusing, right. they don't get it. Start in the physical, something that's very tangible. Yeah. So health, wellness, food, nutrition, physical activity. Working out together. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say that, working out together or even even working out with, um, you know, men working out with other men. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, it, this is important to obviously do things together and it's important to do things separately. Maybe that's another conversation. Yeah, we can yeah. do that. We can bookmark that for a masculine and Definitely. feminine. Yeah. Meditation, listening to a guided meditation yeah. together, but also – carving out time like really carving out time to just to just to be with each other one practice that we do um that's a great exercise is when we go for walks we set the timer i like to set it for 11 minutes because i like 11 (laughs) and i'll go first or stephanos will go first and we'll vision together like we'll talk in present tense about what we're creating and what we're calling in and one of us will go at a time and the one speaking is just speaking envisioning and and the other one is just listening and holding space. And, and then after we each go, we talk about it, about what we heard and how excited we are. So that's like an, another, that's I think, cool. great practice yeah. to do. Yeah, definitely. I think as well doing a meditation is, is great. Mm-hmm. Breath work is mm-hmm. another one as well. I mean, again, breath work is, I don't want to say it's a fad. It, well, it is a fad at the moment. It's also something that has been around for thousands yeah. of years. But it's just really popular at the moment. That's mm-hmm. a better term. And so... And Wim Hof is great, like he's super masculine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're getting him involved in that and it's it's a great breathing practice. Again, it's tangible, it's physical. You you notice the effects immediately mm-hmm. on how you feel. You feel pretty good. Uh, that's another starting point mm-hmm. too. Even just uh, playing playing what type of music? I don't want to say spiritual music, but, I mean, some form of yeah, esoteric or spiritual music in the background of your home even mm-hmm. because your know, repetition is a key to mastery. And so if there's subtle music in the background and that's being heard, mm-hmm. that can that can shift the perspective of your partner as well. Yeah. One practice that we have is sharing podcasts. Mm. Um, yeah. Often Stephanos will listen to like a Joe Dispenza podcast or Esther Perel or somebody and he'll he'll send it to me and be like, oh, my gosh, it's so good. I can't wait to talk about it. And so that's another practice you could do. You know, 
One thing that I think is, is great as an exercise or a practice, we did this in our courtship, but I, I'll, we'll share it with you, um, especially for couples that have been together for a while. This is a great way to kind of reinvigorate things. So as a practice, every day we'd exchange five questions. So it was your idea, babe. And first he'd write the questions. He'd write five questions. I'd answer the questions and then he'd answer his own questions back. It doesn't necessarily have to be five, but maybe for like 30 days, you commit to like a question a day. Yeah. And that's the other cool. person answers. And, and that's cool. The, the point is get creative. Like, yeah. but don't be too rigid and structured because, <laughs> oh gosh, tell that story. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> the one where you had all the rules about all the practices we needed to have. Oh, because you didn't have any rules? Well, my rules weren't about our practices. <laughs> oh, I was shocking. So I was just coming from, you know, I was in the middle of a process, obviously, with, with um, the somatic You'd also somatic just work. moved here. We just uh, got engaged. It was engaged. a lot. It yeah. was a lot. I could use all the excuses in the world. Anyway, um, I was coming from deeper childhood trauma, subtleties <laughs> that I hadn't ex- ex- uh, expressed <laughs> and um, excavated and gone into and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I was like... We need to do this practice in the morning. We have to get up. We have to have intimate time for at least five to ten minutes. We have to rate our relationship every week. Yeah, we have to rate our relationship. I forgot that one. Yeah, we had to have a challenge every week. <laughs> I oh forgot those God. ones too. It oh, geez. Uh, we we then had to meditate together and separately. I wanted to meditate separately. Um, We had to do breath work as well. We had to do all this stuff before the day even started. Uh, In the evening we had to have check-ins. During the day we had to have touch points. I was like, I don't know what I was doing crazy times. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I was was coming from so much pain, so much wounding. Boo me. Like you can't touch me when I'm eating. You can't touch me when I'm working on the computer. You can't touch me when I'm doing the dishes. And I was, I was, I was, too, I was like, "Are you serious?" No woman has ever said that to me. I, my ego was shot. Yeah. So just because we both came in, we had a lot of spiritual arrogance. I think. Yeah. Just because we thought like we were just gonna like coast through, and we had we were we were so aware, and we both grown so much, <laughs> yeah. and then all our shit came up. So just because you've you've done growth and your partner has done growth doesn't mean there aren't going to be bumps and challenges. It's just that you have yeah. more tools to navigate. Yeah, them. for sure. Yeah. So we had a couple other questions that didn't fit into the bullets that we talked about so far, but I want to answer them. So the question for me is, what are you most proud of in the woman you've become since the first day you met Steph? Well, you better have another 45 hours because <laughs> – it's about to rain compliments on me. No, I oh, – oh, on you, yeah. No, this is about me. What am I most proud of about the woman I've yeah, become? Yeah, but I'm responsible for it. Oh, yeah, right. You're totally responsible <laughs> for my transformation. Um, you inspired it. So I, this is an easy question for me. I'm, I'm just proud that I feel like I've become more of a woman. I feel way more in my feminine because I feel so supported by a strong masculine. I feel – way more um, like your muse, you know? You are, darling. Yeah. And um, I've just softened. I've softened a lot and I've gotten way less judgy, <laughs> less irritable, um, less controlling, you know, just, yeah. Mm, I'm, I'm proud of like best. really feeling like a woman. I'm proud of you too, darling. I'm deeply inspired by how you show up every day. Thanks, babes. Okay, so for you, with all the work you've done on yourself and growing as a man in all aspects of your life, what is one thing Christine has taught you that has made the biggest positive change in your life? 
She's taught me how to see myself with clearer eyes and, in other words, really how she sees me. So my sense of self-worth has been boosted massively. Now, it's not because of Christine and it is because of Christine. It's the way she just sees me and it's inspired me to go deeper into myself and say, wow, I'm, I'm able to see parts of me that I haven't seen before because someone I care about deeply is seeing them and treating me in the way that she sees me. And so that's why relationships are so powerful because they become catalysts. They can become catalysts and leverage points uh, for our growth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, this question, that, Steve, that was your question. We love you, Steve. Yes, uh, Steve. You're the best brother. <laughs> uh, so... Next question is about self-love and love with another and expressing needs. I've taught myself it's bad to express needs. Could you dive into this? How do you express needs without becoming needy? You're looking at me so clearly you want me to go first. (laughs) Well, I think it's important that we do express our needs. I think the intention and the how we express our needs is also crucially equally important. Yeah. Um, because expressing our truth is vital for our own health and our own sanity and it pulls us away from cultivating resentment Mm -hmm. and guilt and shame and anger and frustration towards others and towards ourselves. And we have to learn how to express our truth from a very real place and and, and a compassionate place. I come back to compassion and non-judgment. It's everything in relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, And the second part to Basically how to express your needs without being needy. Yeah, without being needy is is what is your come from? If your come from is 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 from fear, mm-hmm. if your come from is from distress and wounding, mm-hmm. if your come from is from a place of imbalance and uncertainty, then it's going to be needy. Yeah. If you're projecting and wanting others to change to make you feel better about you and about your life, then that becomes yeah. needy. Yeah, and if you're not really taking responsibility yeah, for ownership. your your insecurities in the relationship. So if you have major abandonment issues and you constantly need that person's reinforcement, even though they're giving you no reason to doubt them, but you're constantly like, I need you to tell me you love me every day. I need you to like, you know, come home right after dinner. I need to like eat that. Those are your issues getting in the way. That's you being needy. Didn't I have a rule around that? I'm sure I had a rule around let me check my rule book over here. Let me skip well, the, to page eight, the 850 page. <laughs> I'm sure I had a rule around expressing love or something like that. Oh, I'm sure I did. I'm really glad we ditched that rule book. Oh man, that was yeah. shocking. Yeah. And we still have practices, but we don't we Of course. We hold on to them without like every month we celebrate the day we met. Yeah. You know, we do love We're diligent notes. with that. Yeah, we're diligent yeah. with that. We do love notes to each other. We just have a natural – we, me- we do now. breath work in the morning. Yeah. We do meditations together. We have our nature walks, um, and it, it is organic. So in the beginning, we needed <laughs> kind of all those rules to figure out our ways. Yeah. And that's it. Like, have fun with it. Figure out what not to do, actually. Figure out, yeah. Well, yeah. oftentimes we learn what to do by what not to do. Mm. Um, but, yeah, have fun with it and mm. and just know that. I really have seen so many miracles in relationships. So many miracles. In relationship. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. Absolutely. And and you know, I know you may be thinking, oh, well, you're new. And yes, that's true. And it doesn't really matter. Like I've seen people reinvent their marriages 20, 30, 40 years down so the road. Hard. So hard. And be more in love today than they were. And I love that one quote. I think it's on a meme on Instagram, meme on Instagram about 
how, oh no, it's Esther Perel. She says, I've been married to three different men, yeah. but I've only been married once. Yeah. And she was talking about how in her marriage, Various they've just gone through three different stages. Mm. And so if you're committed to growth, then you don't need to get bored with one person. Yeah. Because, you know, I know I'm not going to be the same person I am in five years no. that I am today and you won't either. Well, we'll keep getting it'll, even better and we'll discover be one more. constant. My cuteness. You got it. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) So you say something enough times, they're going to get it. There you go. Just keep keep pounding personal growth into them and eventually they'll just be living personal growth. (laughs) I used to get so annoyed because I'm like, you give me the same compliment over and over and over. Now I love it. It's just a thing, you know, but that's been part of my softening. It's just loving the way that he loves me. And so can you just love the way your partner loves you? Mm. And and love them in the way that they really truly want to be loved and yeah. and love yourself in the way that you're most seeking from someone else because the more you do that the more likely you are to experience it from others yep it's been yep. a beautiful a beautiful teaching for me yeah is to love to love others the way they really want to be loved yeah 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 so we'd love to love on you in hawaii if you want to join my hawaii yeah. retreat Stephanos will be there teaching some breath work, some movement, teaching some sessions with me. We've already got a lot of couples. There's still room for singles as well, men and women. If you would love to jumpstart your personal growth in your relationship, Hawaii would be a great place to do it. Definitely. Especially in, uh, in, uh, in Maui. Yeah, beautiful Maui. place. Beautiful so energy. the details for that are christinehasser.com slash Hawaii. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.